0: The button, The button, Like a good yeah. neighbor. Yeah, good neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the commercial of the Super Bowl, wasn't it? I think so. I, cause I, I can't I remember, remember a single other commercial except for the fucking Arnold one.
1: There was like... I know Doritos had their commercial, which was like a commercial within a commercial because they had a teaser trailer for the actual commercial. Like, I feel like... We're getting to a new part of Super Bowl commercials where it's just unnecessary.
0: Yeah, I so I would I argue. Trailer. I would argue we reached that point, um, at two different points. One, and I'm so sorry to do this to everybody. The puppy monkey baby commercial, dude,
1: dude. Oh my god, uh, a friend of mine. Um, she she sent me a video of her parents laughing at the punky puppy monkey ba- whatever the fuck it is, yeah, mm-hmm. laughing at that. And she 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 was like confused, She's like why is this funny? I'm like I don't know. Yeah.
0: So it was that. Welcome everybody to the Tookie Steak Podcast. By the way, it was that. Hi. This is what we talk about before we actually start the show. Um, it was that, and it was when they killed Mister Peanut.
1: Oh my God, baby, baby nut? nut,
0: yeah, baby <laughs> nut.
1: <laughs> hell yeah baby nut
0: <laughs> i feel like if there was a jumping the shark moment for super bowl commercials if one didn't do it for you the other was just like all right we're 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 pretty much done here aren't we yeah man i mean you you think you think um like puppy
1: monkey baby was like an absurd thing but then again like you have kids who watch like skibbity toilet now, are you are you aware of what skibbity toilet is? As a no, because you told to me
0: not it? to look it up. I've seen the reference, but and I probably know what it is, but I don't know what it is.
1: Okay, um, so you know, uh, it, it's it's there's a, it's a lot of things combined into one. I will say that, and I think we will talk about this because it's a good thing to you know talk about on the podcast because we don't like talking about hockey. even though it's a hockey podcast, fraudcast, if you will. Mm. Um, so for those who are unaware. Um the reason why Skibbity Toilet was brought up entirely was um I volunteer with a like an after sports uh school program that does like kids' birthday parties and everything. And I went to a birthday party this weekend and for a bunch of nine, ten year olds uh who are playing soccer. And like they're they're pretty good soccer players, not gonna lie, for, for nine and ten years old. Um The birthday cake had elements of Skibbity toilet on it. Now, Skibbity Toilet is a conglomeration of several things. You know that meme um of the dude, the the big guy, the big the fat guy who's like brr dop 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 yes. yes yes yes. So basically it's it's a playoff of that. Um it's a playoff of um Just
0: the worst God. parts of internet culture is what I'm hearing.
1: yeah so many different parts. There's like it's using source, um, source element, like valve source engine elements in there. I believe the whole face of the guy is like the G-Man or like someone of, is it either the G-Man or Gordon Freeman, Gordon Freeman himself? And then there's a toilet involved for some reason. And like, it's evolved from like that song. And then it went to like, um, that, that one song that was in, um, Fuck! What's that? Uh, Adam's Family movie that came out, the Adam's Family series, Wednesday. Yeah, the the dance, dance with my hands thing. Like they went uh-huh. from that, and then it went from um Nelly Furtado's like song with timbaland Um, um uh, it was yeah. like when you see us in the club, we be at they're oh, all nice <laughs> like that that song.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then it went from that, and now it's just evolved into this weird conglomerate, and like, the- skipping <laughs> so- the toilet has lore
0: so that song the the move on from the toilet that song the nelly Furtado song <laughs> i've shown you and streamed the video before but there was a uh, a basketball youtuber in the early days of youtube um oh god i can't remember his fucking name at this point but he was a sonics fan um and he did a uh, a remake of that song about steve nash <laughs> <laughs> and it was when stevie's on the floor he passes real nice <laughs> and even though he's short his ass is real nice <laughs> <laughs> he's got an average person's body, <laughs> the small
1: get, body.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i will find that video um oh man in the meantime jesus christ but also i i went to uh an article uh from yardbarker.com that has <laughs> Some of the worst commercials of all time for the Super Bowl. Uh, Puppy Monkey Baby is, of course, very much up there. Um, But some of the headlines um, (laughs) are tremendous, such as Squarespace wants you to work yourself to death uh, based off of a Squarespace commercial in the past. Um, Mr. Peanuts funeral. Dodge uses MLK to sell a truck. A Fiat takes Viagra. Um and my favorite, Kyle or Kendall Jenner ends racism with Pepsi. Oh yeah, the Pepsi one? That God, might be that's... where Super Bowl commercials jumped the shark. No,
1: I think it I think they peaked when they tried to the pure tried to pure tried to uh cure everything with just Pepsi. That was the best. The most out-of-touch celebrity family in the world <laughs> doing an advertisement oh, with God. Pepsi trying to solve <laughs> peace. Uh,
0: <sighs> so let us know what your uh, favorite or least favorite uh, Super Bowl commercials of all time happen to be um, in the meantime. Hi, Endo. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Uh,
1: how was your weekend, Mr. Birthday man? Oh. Birthday boy. Birthday man.
0: Birthday man. Officially. Birthday yeah. grandfather. Jesus Christ, birthday one foot in the grave. Yeah. Um we actually got a viewer question about that. In honor of Toogie turning 30. What's well, a perspective that's changed as you've gotten older? Um so yeah, I turned I turned 30 this past Saturday, which is kinda weird. It didn't hit until um I got this card.
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> Just my
0: a god. Gigantic ass 30. On this card. Uh, this is from my wife, by the way, because she she's laughing at me, even though it's her turn later on this year. Um yeah, I mean, we didn't we didn't do too much, right? Like birthdays for me, even like the big one, oh, the 30 and whatever, birthdays for me haven't really been a huge thing for a long time. Um primary reason for that, I'll be honest. Like it's just it's a it's a real reason, right? It's there's no humor behind it um but when i was a kid uh my dad ended up getting very very sick um so he's fine now he's still with us but he ended up suffering from crohn's disease which um attacks the intestines um so he ended up having surgery in 2003 that removed like the vast majority if not all of his large intestines uh because it it, it was going to kill him basically um so he went from being the breadmaker of the household to being on disability and really not being able to work. Uh, so at a very young oh age, God. we went from really good birthdays sure. and Christmases and stuff like that to, "Hey, son, um, here's the realities of the world with financial situations and such." So even as a teenager, it wasn't a huge thing for me to be like, "Yeah, my birthday," because very early on, it was very much not about gifts or anything like that. It was very much more of like the sentimental stuff behind it. Um, so my wife and I, we were in uh, Fredericton, New Brunswick. Then um, we went out to dinner with friends of ours and just kept it pretty low-key, simple. Got some got some good uh, putin. You got to get the putin on your birthday, you know. Um, but yeah, it was just a, a low-key kind of day which is kind of how I like it. Like I despite the fact that I at the moment make a living with a camera in my face, I am not the type of person where I'm like, "Ah, yes, I must be the center of attention. Everybody in this establishment must know that it is my birthday." Like no, I don't I don't care. <laughs> so, it's not like I feel drastically different from Friday, you know, at age 29 to Saturday at at age 30. Um, and we've had that conversation on the show before too. I think Sim was on for that one too. Um, obviously our boy is still in Finland. He should be back, uh, is actually coming back. I believe March 1st, unless he's extended his trip. So next week, uh, he will, uh, be here on the show. It'll probably be a midweek show as well because, uh, going to North Kakalaki crash Andrews this weekend for AW revolution, um, so I want oh, be. Oh, what home. you don't want
1: to record it in the airport like he <laughs> wanted to do for Turnbuckle? God, that was funny. <laughs> it's
0: like crash. You were insane. Um. So yeah, I mean Monday and maybe even some of Tuesday could end up being a travel day for me. So we won't be able to record until next Wednesday or Thursday, which will end up being a, a trade deadline preview for the NHL because that is March eighth. More on that shortly. Um. Yeah. Just overall, the the birthday things haven't been haven't been too crazy. It was good quiet day i'm good with that don't need anything more than that but it is goddamn weird to be like ah yes i'm 30 um even though you know like physically i I don't feel all that different than i did when i was like 23 you know okay we haven't crossed that threshold yet of oh god i physically or mentally feel old um Especially when we do a podcast like this and you and I joke about toilets and internet memes for the first 10 minutes of the show.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like, people can't make fun of kids liking Skibbity Toilet like you bring it up again. Because people love the fuck out of Rabbids, like Rayman Rabbids, little fucking white little small little thing with the plungers. People love the crap out of that. Uh, to the point that Ubisoft has abandoned all proper IPs and just went for rabbits for the for like a decade. We haven't got a good Rayman game, but we'll get a game about the fucking rabbits. Jesus Christ! Bring back Rayman.
0: So, for the record, to wrap up um, our, our internet meme talk, I found the video I was referring to—the basketball video—uploaded May eighth, two thousand and seven. Jesus, Paul Brogan. NBA rap in brackets original. I linked it to you there. Make sure to watch it later. It is the whitest of white guys in 2007. Um, but God damn it, I hope wherever Paul Brogan is now, he's he's doing well because he, oh
1: boy, he, my favorite white guys.
0: <laughs> he's, he's never been <laughs> forgotten. <laughs> uh, to answer that question though, um, Endo, I mean you, you're you're still in your you're still in your 20s. You, yeah, you're a child, you literal child. Um, what per, what's a perspective that has changed as you have gotten older? Um,
1: nobody don't mean shit. Oh, I think my browser just crashed.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say your webcam froze too. We can still hear yeah, you, your
1: yeah. So it's gonna be frozen. It says Microsoft Edge. Oh, there we go. It says not responding. I'm like, oh boy. Um, hmm. thanks, dad. Thanks Obama. Um <laughs> one perspective I've definitely changed is that people don't fucking mean shit. Um mm-hmm. like I, I like I don't know, man. I growing up I was like was really conscious. I was was aware of my surroundings in the sense of like being like aware that other people know that I'm like there in a way. So mm-hmm. I was very cautious about things that I did in public. Like very like, you know, just want to not like wallflower kind of like see to the background, but like knowing that like, you know, I could be if I'm going to be a dickhead, people are going to people are going to like, you know, fucking not put up with that shit kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, just that perspective of, you know, not being a god, like a hockey interviewer uh, saying, you know, so much uh, that that perspective of being aware of like who I am and where I am at and not to piss people off is something that that's grown on me. But now I just kind of don't give a fuck. You know, like mm. before it used to be like, I don't know, before you used to think I had a chip on my shoulder. But then after a while, I'm just like, I ain't shit. I'm just a dude on the Internet. You know, that's you it.
0: I think that's well. It's not, it's certainly not a threshold everyone crosses, but it's just like, yeah, I don't really care anymore. Um, there are always people who I think will, will live for the drama and always care about what other people think of them. But, you know, that that was a thing. It's not even a recent thing like that was a thing for me, like YouTube and Twitch wise, like five years ago or something longer than that. Actually, where like my first couple of years of, of doing anything was, OK, be as. uh Uncontroversial, non-controversial as you possibly can be
1: neutral. Don't, yeah,
0: don't try to piss it. Yeah, neutral is a good word for it. There you go. Smart, man. Um, and eventually it just took the the change of like, I, you know, and I respect people that can do that, that are just always like, well, I don't really, you know, because th- it's an effort. It is an effort to exist on the internet in a way to try and not piss anybody off. And number one, that's impossible, right? Um, you can look at somebody. Oh, I know. You can look at somebody like Nasher, who is genuinely a a really nice guy. Um, And even if you're someone like him, who's, as far as I know, never done anything to anybody, has always just tried to be a nice guy. There are still people on the Internet that are like, nope, fuck that guy. Fuck him. And it's like, why? Just because. So, you know, you learn, like, there, there are certain aspects of the Internet that don't really translate to real life. But there are like that aspect does translate over where no matter what the hell you do, someone's just not going to like you, whether it is who you are, what you sound like, what you look like. Like, you could never have an interaction. Yeah. Hi, Endo.
1: Hi. (laughs) Your
0: reaction to that was uh, (laughs) interesting. Um, There's always going to be that where it's like this motherfucker could have never had a conversation with me. And they're just like, I don't like that person. Oh, yeah. So it is what it is. And you know i feel like the the sooner you know people come to terms with that and again some people never do but the sooner someone comes to terms with that the better where it's just like all right i can't win every single battle here like you no matter what the hell you do you cannot make every person you're ever going to come across uh like you and it's pretty free to hit that point and just be like yeah fuck it whatever
1: no problem yeah like uh i think the first time you the first time you get to that threshold you're like oh fuck so this is what it's like to have like a like a like a normal not normal but like a like a blank ca- like compass in your head just not really thinking or doing anything it's kind of like people who well myself when they tell people like you know like my my brain's firing at a thousand miles a minute whenever I'm just sitting down I'm always thinking of something and then mm-hmm. someone's like oh my head just empty 24 7 like how do you do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know as someone who <laughs> um you know, uh, has feelings that they're definitely on the spectrum. Uh, Thanks, Mom, for telling me that I'm totally on the spectrum. Um, It's definitely worked the past 25 years of my life. Uh, Mm -hmm. Knowing that over the past year, it's answered every single one of my problems. Essentially being like, oh, it's because you're literally autistic. I'm like, thanks. (laughs) It's great.
0: Autism is quite the catch-all, isn't it? Autism speaks, brother.
1: Autism Speaks. Dude, they retconned ADHD into autism, so, mm. like, I definitely have it. Like, 100%.
0: <sighs> I-,
1: I made a joke about that, but that's not, a- that's not even a joke. I don't know where right.
0: to go with that. I'm sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I can't play I, off I, of it's that. Like,
1: it's just a fact. Like, I don't know when, but during the past, like, four years, they they, doctors or the, you know, experts essentially were like, hey yeah so adhd is a subsection of autism and i'm like oh okay cool and then people started putting like on this is obviously twitter's not a great source for anything but they started putting AUDHD in their fucking twitter bios and i'm like yo is this like what what is going on here like am, am i collecting the seven dragon balls like what is going on
0: I think a what few is your like Venn that diagram of autism, Enda?
1: Um, I don't know, but I'm right in the middle. <laughs>
0: All I am encompassing. A,
1: there's like 15 circles, and I'm like right in the middle, brother.
0: There you go. Fair enough. Well, Man. with that, um, what's your favorite birthday memory? <laughs> our uh, next
1: question. <laughs> my favorite birthday memory, um, was the Maple leaves getting their ass kicked in the Maple Leaf meltdown on my birthday. Mm. Mm. actually i think i do have a a better memory um my cousin um who is now a lawyer congratulations and he's my lawyer um he um (laughs) he uh got me um seats he got me box seats for a blue jays game on my birthday Mm. and he actually got my name on the um the happy birthday board which i've never had that before in my life and that was pretty sweet um, because like him and I, um, I'm gonna get personal again on the podcast. Him and I have been close because I'm, a, I'm an only child, I don't have any like real brothers or sisters. Sorry, Toogie. Um, and <laughs> I don't, I like growing up, single mother, you know, uh, Kim was basically doing stuff whenever she had me in all these sports, keep me off, keep myself occupied, so I wasn't really bored or anything. Um, uh, but you know, my uncle was like, Hey, i'm gonna I'm gonna take you on there i'm gonna i'm gonna raise you as my as like my son in a way and he has like five kids of his own right so they basically became like cousins but a lot closer than cousins like we, we we're basically brothers and sisters and like him and I growing up together, he's only a year older than me so out of the rest of the group like we just kind of bonded really 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 well like we still talk almost every day. Um, it was his birthday, actually, last weekend. His uh, birthday was on the, um, I think it was on the Friday, and his mom mm-hmm. was on the uh, Saturday. So, I think you and his mom uh, share the same birthday. So that birthday for both of you.
0: There you go. Um, Happy yeah. birthday, stranger, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, her
1: name's Lily, Auntie Lily. Auntie, Auntie Lily. Um but yeah we we bonded from there, and they've been basically my 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 brothers and sisters for what now twenty five years so it was really touching that he you know spent the money to get a box um it was just him and I like just just chilling hmm. uh, get all the food I want, and that's when I turned nineteen, so that I was able I was able to finally get a legal drink and then we, then after that, we had a birthday party at my um, my stepdad's uh, family home, and it was good. I've people for, from people there from uh, from school. What? Uh, <laughs> it's funny because at the time I was single, and my then no no my still my still my my dad was like, "Hey, uh, how 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 about that girl? Like, how what is she? Like, how is she? Like, do, do you like her?" I'm like, Dad, She's no, We're no, it's not going to work. And the only reason why he pointed her out because she was Italian. And he's Italian. So he's like, you know, ah. dinner in the family. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'm going to go as far from there as possible. And then like two years later, I met Polina. So there's that.
0: You didn't go as far as possible, but you did go almost as north as possible.
1: I went 24 hours of actual travel still pretty far yeah it takes 12 hours to get to wherever to get a transfer flight uh yeah so it's like three whole days of travel to visit her family which is great
0: there you go um for me god i don't know like i said a lot of the a lot of the ones in regards to like oh gifts experiences whatever uh were from uh, when i was younger um i went to a lot of portland pirates and main mariners games just over the years that was often just it's like, hey, let's let's go, type of thing. Just go hang out, watch some hockey. So there's yeah. there's a lot, a lot of those. Um I don't know if one specific instance stands out because I went to so many games that I can't pinpoint exact dates of things. Of like, oh yeah, and that's when it was this game and stuff like that. Like, eh, memory's a bit, a bit spotty. I'm getting old after all. So <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. There's just, like I said, most of the birthdays have been less about, like, oh, yeah, and I got this, I got the iPhone 7 on that day. It's just more like, no, I spend my birthdays either hanging out with friends, family, both, and you know. Yeah. Simple. Simple. Yeah. I'm a simple man.
1: Very simple. Simple man. I've been doing a lot too with, like, Marley's games because of how cheap it is. Just mm-hmm. birthday special event that I have going on. Just go to a Marley's game. I think, um, Last year of my birthday, I went to go to the Marley's game with my parents, and uh, it was pretty cool because um, Malcolm Subban was in net for the Mercs. And my mom knows the Subban family like pretty well, so like <laughs> she like waved over. and He like second glance like halfway through the intermission was like, "Oh shoot! Like hey, whatever!" Like and they actually knew each other kind of thing. Pretty
0: <laughs> cool. <laughs> Malcolm Subban on the podcast one, ruins <laughs> legend
1: um i mean pkc went just did a podcast with uh some random kid from montreal so hey anything's possible you never know right i could literally say hey pk we have the same birthday you want to come on and talk hockey he's like yeah sure he'll come with like a Don cherry suit and yeah. just do it all up
0: our final question shockingly is hockey related oh. congratulations a prominent documentarian has come to you and offered you the chance to make a hockey documentary, but they give you one caveat. It must be about a specific obscure thing regarding the culture or the history of the sport. What is your documentary about? I have an answer for this. And, you know, because it mentions an obscure thing about the history of the sport, I would like to see, um, Ken Reed's book about people who only scored one goal in the NHL. I'd like to see that expanded out into an actual documentary with interviews with people that were focused upon in the book. um, Just to kind of get more of a spotlight on that, you know, on that facet of the sport. Right. Because, you know, for example, one of the things we could have talked about today and we could touch up on it now is, hey, Austin Matthews hit 50 goddamn goals already. Um, And there's a very good chance that he could be just the third player in NHL history to reach 500 goals before the age of 30. Everybody kind of knows how good Austin Matthews is, but what about the guys who only scored that one goal or only played in that one game? Um, Either that or just give me a documentary about like Nathan Gerby or someone (laughs) who was just very undersized that still succeeded. Um, short Kings. Oh, oh man. the Short Kings documentary, hosted by Pete Blackburn. Hosted by Pete Blackburn, yes. Or like the greatest NHL players from insert state or province here. The greatest NHL players from New Hampshire. Um,
1: you must be this part- tall to write <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> NHL short story. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We found it, everybody. We found it. <laughs> oh, God. We go. Oh, it's
1: great. Oh, there we it's go. great.
0: It's a collaborative effort from Endo and myself. We're both executive yeah. producers. Um, presented mm-hmm. by Pete Blackburn. We want the the short kings documentary. Um, let's hear from the the shortest of short kings in NHL history. Um let's see if I do shortest NHL players ever. I think an the from, there's an article from themodestman.com from February of 2020. Um, that lists oh my god, number one, five foot three, Roy Shrimp Waters. <laughs> Holy f- who was a goddamn goalie. Yeah at 53 was inducted into the hockey hall of fame in 1969 won the vesna nice. winner in, uh, was the vesna winner in 1931 the hart winner in 1929 uh, having played for the Pittsburgh Pirates the Montreal Canadiens and the New York Americans give me a documentary on that guy and then you have uh, at 55 five, Nathan Gerby only 5 foot 6 Theo Fleury. was he really that short yeah Christ no wonder yeah. why he has issues
1: 100% short man
0: and a tall man's game yeah
1: uh, they say mm. that um, people are just closer to the closer to hell and damn Theo's damn pretty close to that so
0: yeah, feel free to ignore his Twitter. Uh, Darren Pang oh, yeah. five five, another goalie. Glad Robbie you. Moore f five 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 seven. Gump Worsley, dude. Most of these fucking people on the list are goalies. I swear to God. Yeah.
1: Because, um, you know, skating forward was a was a tall man's game, so they just shoved the short guy in net. Christ, Roy wow. Shrimp,
0: <laughs> Gump Shrimp Worsley. Or whatever the hell it was. That's tremendous. Ah, oh, goodness! So there you go. Give us the short Kings documentary. That's what we're yeah. here for.
1: I think my like, if I were to do one just for myself, um, I think it would be on players not willing to get new equipment. They're like the ways that re- the reason. The reason why I say this is there are goalies in the NHL who have used their spec stuff from when they played Junior. Like, Jonathan Quick uses gear that is specced out from when he was playing in Junior, which is, like, 20 years ago. There Mm. are guys who literally will not wear or use, like, new sticks or new gear or new skates. Like, what was it? Um, Patrick Marlowe famously used a two-piece stick... Up until he was with the Trudel Maple Leafs. Hmm. That is 20 years of using a two piece stick. Unheard of, of in the of modern game. Unheard of.
0: 20 years of superstition.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Just a little, just a little Titian. Just a little Titian. Just a little, not, super-
0: I'm not, not superstition, just a little Titian.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, goodness. I'm intrigued. I don't know. I think there's a lot of like obscure documentaries. That could, I mean, fuck, Alexander Daigle, which apparently it's Daigle, by the way. I remember growing up, it was always Alexander Daig, but now apparently apparently the, the, the French Canadians are just like, nope, it's Daig, but actual French people say Daigle. So, there you go. There's a further, a further divide. Uh, if he slice. can get a goddamn documentary, <laughs> then damn it, anybody yeah. can. Poor guy. give the green men a documentary they're back now, yeah, yeah I was actually kind of heritage
1: funny. moment <laughs> Just throwing the waffles up God that was my favorite post and I put that out at like two am and it got like no love I'm like this guy's this, this these people fucking suck <sighs> like we like, we haven't even talked about so many things because of how long it took for us to get an actual podcast together we didn't <laughs> talk about fucking the the Ridley Greig how it should be the Greeks, the, the blitzkrieg. Come on, <laughs> come on. That's amazing. We had that happen and we had to happen in the woman's hockey game. People like, Oh, yep. this should have happened. Like, Oh, he didn't, she didn't throw a hit on him. Well, after what happened, like, Ooh. Yeah, she like, didn't,
0: she didn't cross check, uh, the woman in the head that, that did the slap shot in an empty net. Imagine. I thought that's what you had to do for the sake of the code. Crazy.
1: and now like anytime someone has a slap shot on a goalie they're like oh you're gonna do the Ridley Greig shot oh boy it's it's a Greig it's a Blitz
0: you unoriginal
1: fucks god
0: how fucking cool is that for Ridley Greg? yes that now already like that could be like what he's famous for by the end of his career it could be he'll always be remembered for that even if his career doesn't really pan out that guy has his spot in history. It just is what it is. You know, I think, what was it, either today or at some point in the past couple of days? Uh, we don't like to mention him because of reasons you've pointed out, but the whole David Ayers game, like that guy will never be forgotten. Scott Foster will never be forgotten. Now, obviously, Ridley Greg is a hell of a lot more accomplished than those guys. He wasn't an e-bug. But if Ridley Gregg's career fizzles out, he will always be remembered as, yeah, the guy that took a slap shot on, you know, on the empty net. Like, similar to even how someone like, uh, there's a couple of people that have done it, but like David Leggio, who was uh, an AHL level goalie, has played in Europe a lot. But I say that name and some people will be like, yep, the guy that on a breakaway tipped the net over. So they couldn't score and he took the penalty instead of the breakaway. Yep. Ridley Gregg has that now for the slap shot on the empty net. A woman uh, did it. What was it? A college game. I think it, it wasn't PWHL, but you know, a woman did it in the game. Oh, she pulled a Ridley Gregg. He's already synonymous with an action in hockey. And it's not necessarily a negative action. It's not like, oh, you Todd Bertuzzi, that guy, you know, in reference to the Steve Moore incident. It's like, no yeah, slap shot on an empty net. Ridley Gregg did. I agree at the blitzkrieg would be a hell of a lot better of a name, but people are pretty unoriginal.
1: People suck, man. I, I think, <laughs> I think another thing too, is just um, the way that um, God, this, I don't want to like bash Sten's Twitter because Leafs nation is just as bad considering that we've stole another team's goal song and we don't even like cheer with the song at all. We just kind of sit back corporately and just clap. Have you ever seen um an example of that? Have you ever seen like North South Korea performing for North Koreans? So like when they started like this is like a couple years ago, uh they started to, like you know showcase like what they have for culture, and it was just a bunch of North Koreans in the crowd just like suit and tie because they're very you know authoritarian dictatorship over there, so they're very like straight nose whatever you don't cheer unless you're told to cheer kind of thing. And the the South Koreans are performing their like their like their like music or whatever performance, and they're just all like stone faced, just like in the crowd, like what am I supposed to enjoy, kind of thing. That's what it feels like to be at a Leaf game. The entire lower bowl is just just that, and the upper bowl is people you know who who can kind of afford it. You know they had to sell their kidney, and you know uh, their child's college fund is now being spent on hockey tickets. But yeah. Just trying to trying to enjoy a little bit.
0: Well, it's funny because I do think. Um, well, Islanders fans called him this for a different reason. Um, that means you can call John Tavares Kim Jong Un. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. You're welcome. I'm like, what player name on the Leafs goes well with this North Korean dictator pun? That was the best that we had. Uh, I I think we can recap this by saying, save us green men with waffles. Even though the brains (laughs) blew that game, it's fine. Um, (laughs) Is that the first time North Korea has been brought up on this podcast? (laughs) Oh, God. Well done, Endo. Well done. Speaking of goalies, then, really quickly. Earlier this week, or last week now... The New York Islanders were trailing in the third period, and with like eleven minutes to go, Patrick Wah pulled the goalie. Yeah, your thoughts as a goal?
1: Yeah, <laughs> and okay, a hockey so, fan. So they there was an actual study about this done a couple years ago, where um, people found out, uh, hockey nerds found out that the statistical best time to pull your goalie, stat wise is with like 10 minutes to go in the third. I can't find the article about this, but I know this was written because I was laughing my ass off when this when this came out. Because just imagine just, you know, just bench, going to the bench and going and just being, just chilling there. It's amazing. So, I love the idea of this. I love random, obscure shit happening in, in the hockey. No matter what it is, because it is always interesting to see people freak out on Twitter and mm-hmm. to see people's discourse just kind of be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it, it reminds me of um, the, the Tony X tweet. The goalie just said, fuck it and left. <laughs> that isn't that. I think that one is in the because um, there are certain tweets that the uh, I think the NHL and Hockey Hall of Fame did that were like, hey, we're going to put these tweets on Hockey Hall of Fame and I'm like
0: all of fame yeah. level tweets.
1: Yes, it was like social media moments that like were like hall of fame level. Hold on. Hall
0: of fame. I recall tweet. this too. Yeah. Um NHL. I don't I couldn't tell you what else was there cuz I mean what else does compare to the, to the Tony X tweet, but
1: Oh, here it is. Um uh 129 years, every season 52 players and staff from the Stanley Cup winning team earn the ultimate honor. Their names forever engraved as champions on me is uh, in the Stanley Cup uh, earning that honor takes a lifetime of work and commitment not just from your team but for your fans that's why really for the first time ever the NHL is like the 52 tweets from loyal fans to accompany me as the official championship artifacts your tweet is one of them and the tweet was um, uh, the Stanley Cup uh, saying I'll be in the building on Monday and then Tony X a, a.k.a. Solo City um, on Twitter saying you're in a long term relationship with Pat Maroon this is like when Pat Moon was mm. still uh, you know, part of the
0: Temple Lightning money.
1: Yeah. That was Stanley Cup Champion tweet 20 and 52. And I said, um that uh, someone said that the goalie just said fuck it and left and white people have been hiding hockey from us. This shit lit should have been Hall of Fame level tweets. Mm. I like the one where he used the N word. That was the best. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find it. I won't say the word <laughs> verbatim because we'll lose any sponsorships we don't have. So, um, oh. uh, Tony X. God, where was it? It was really fucking funny. Yeah, I, I found it there too. It was great. Oh, man. Beautiful.
0: It is. Um, well, you look that up. Islanders wise, by the way, um, when we get to our show next week, talking about, hey, who should buy, who should sell, um, yeah, they they have three wins in their last ten games. They're nine points out of the playoffs right now. If you're Patrick Waugh, why the hell not? Just throw whatever the hell you can at the wall to try and turn things around. But it's it's not looking too good uh, for the Islanders in their playoff hopes this year amongst other teams. Then again, we'll talk to or talk about next week. Did you find what you were looking for, Enda?
1: No, I found something else entirely different, when I'm just going to look away and not even talk about it. That's fucking weird, dude. Yeah, Fair never enough. mind. Okay, i are going to talk about something else because I just found something that was cursed.
0: Um, Speaking <laughs> of cursed. Oh, man. Oh, talking God. about teams that aren't in a playoff spot. Um, I saw this stat about Jeff Skinner on Reddit the other day. Uh, Jeff Skinner is 20 games or so away from playing in 1,000 NHL games. He has not played in a single playoff career or a single playoff game in his career. Uh, The previous record for most games played before making the playoffs was Ron Hainsey, Leafs legend who had played in 907 games, made the playoffs, and won the Stanley Cup on his first attempt. The record for never making the playoffs, 734 games for Guy Charon. So Jeff Skinner, I mean, potentially has both of those records in terms of most games before finally making the playoffs, and potentially... I mean, he could end up with the other one for most games played in a career without ever making the playoffs. This poor man, and I'm sorry to twist the knife on uh, on Sabres fans based off of the season uh, that they have had. But this this is what you get for getting your hopes up your Buffalo sports fans. You should have known never to get your hopes up. It never works out. Never, ever. In terms of something, though, that we actually could talk about, that has a little bit more depth to it. Adam Rozichka, Oh, yeah. Well, so I mean, you mentally prepare for this one, right? Enda?
1: Not even that. I, I was going to make a sinus joke, but my son of his are clogged, so maybe I might need to
0: ah, you know. There you go. Yeah.
1: That's a bad joke. It's one of my worst <laughs> apologies.
0: So Adam Razitka is a 24-year-old uh former draft pick of the Calgary Flames, who earlier this season uh was claimed on waivers by the Arizona Coyotes. And oh yeah, I know oh, by the way, what you what you posted. I, I had seen that. Yeah, people are weird. Um so what what happened was uh Mr. Ruzicka. Um clearly accidentally posted a uh, a public video on Instagram that you can kind of tell was supposed to be private of him partaking uh in in, in a little bit a little bit of the powder a little yeah. bit of the little bit of the you c- call it what you want right There's he, went, he different... went
1: skiing in uh in phoenix
0: there you go yeah yeah so, so this this video circulated in large part due to Andy and Rono. Terrible people. Terrible. Uh, ruined his career.
1: Sports nerds gonna defend sports nerds. I will. I love that. God.
0: Um. So that, by the way, referencing um Andy and Rono is an account on Twitter. They do a lot of analytics stuff. Um. They uh, at AR Hockey Stats. They are based in the Czech Republic, where, um. You know, I mean, Rosichka's Slovakian, but who knows? Maybe there's rivalry there, and they wanted to ruin it for... Um...
1: Race war.
0: <laughs> Basically, what they did was like, oh, shit, and then they snitch-tagged a bunch of reporters as if people weren't going to hear about this anyway. It was already out there. Um, I think people <laughs> directing their anger at these two probably misguided even if you think oh they're cringe or whatever it's just like wh- whatever i i think that's that's focusing the energy on the wrong place um ruzichka ended up uh getting put on waivers um with the intention to terminate his contract uh which went through and indeed um he has uh, been released by the coyotes now as far as what this means for him, um, that that's a very good question right now. Um, Hockey Slovakia put out a statement regarding him, being that he is Slovakian, uh, essentially stating that uh, his actions don't align with that of a national team player, and we don't intend to call him up for any pre-tournament games or the world championships now, uh, which he certainly would have been a part of. Um, so he is facing consequences both from an NHL perspective, from an international perspective, and at home perspective. And in that way, it, it's tough to feel a ton of sympathy for the guy. It's like you're 24 years old, man. You know better. You know, you you fucked up. You you're living with the consequences of that fuck up, right? I mean, it's not going to stop him from playing professional hockey. In his career, he'll land somewhere, perhaps even the KHL. People are saying the KHL. He'll still be fine in regards to being a professional hockey player. There's a chance this was going to be his last season in the NHL anyway. We don't know. Um, So for him, he's not canceled or anything. It's just the consequences of his actions. But there is the aspect of if he was a bigger player, if he was an Evgeny Kuznetsov, would he have gotten away with this?
1: And I mean, didn't wait a second. Wait a second. Kuznetz. Wasn't there an issue? Wasn't there a similar story with the Capitals? Exactly. I was like, or Kuz. It's Kuz. Yeah, it's Kuznetsov.
0: Yeah. Um. He was photographed once upon a time in a hotel room with a uh, very similar looking substance in front of him on a table.
1: It's uh it's protein. It's uh the fastest way to the in yeah. to use protein is up the
0: nose. Yes. You hear about that? No. No. So for for from his standpoint, it's not surprising to see that a lower level player, a team just went fuck this, we can't be having this, you're gone. There are the questions of if he was a superstar player, Would this have had the same outcome? The answer is probably no. Let's be honest. He probably would have been fine. You also have the situation of the player assistance program, and that's a fight that's likely to to continue on in regards to, well, why wasn't he put into the player assistance program and just outright released? Um, The Players Association has the ability to fight that as well. So, the story probably isn't done. But a lot of people's response to this was, come on, everybody does it. Which... Yeah. (laughs) Who's everyone? Who's everyone? (laughs) Right. Yeah. But is there high recreational drug use amongst professional athletes?
1: There is high... There is drug use amongst semi-pro athletes. Yes. There's drug use amongst guys who play in beer league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can probably count to you. I'll count to you on like the on my hands, how many people in my Thursday league have either done or are currently using. Mm. Specifically of the powder variety. It is a mm-hmm. it is an it is a thing. I mean half of the guys work for CPAs anyway, so it's like commonplace.
0: But how many of them have been dumb enough to accidentally post themselves using? And that's the difference. You know, yeah. that's the difference. It just is like no one's going to deny the fucking partying culture and hockey, obviously. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's just. I don't think anyone's necessarily surprised in a variety of ways. I don't think anyone's surprised like, oh, my God, an NHL player with drugs. I don't believe it. Oh. like, like, obviously, like no one's no one's that foolish. Right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some people are that naive, but you just I, I don't think anybody can necessarily be surprised at, oh, NHL team just wants to immediately. I don't know what people are expecting right like just because it's like oh it's a part of hockey culture doesn't mean that someone's not going to face consequences from it and oh well would would superstar have gotten cut probably not but we know that's how these things work not even just sports consequences are different based on the circumstances of who you are and what you provide that is just a fact so for Adam Rzichka, it's, hey, sorry, buddy. You should have been Clayton Keller. Because Clayton Keller probably doesn't get cut. And I'm sure Clayton Keller is a good Christian boy who would never. Um, but, you know, if if you're going to fuck around like that, you know that there are double standards. And I don't think anybody can be surprised by this. I'm not saying it's right, but... You did a stupid, and now you're paying for the stupid. Uh, what yeah. What's the old saying? I believe it was in the New Testament. Uh, fuck around and find out. Here we are. There you go. Aside from that, a couple other things really quickly. Endo, true or false, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, a.k.a. the Vegas Golden Knights, are trying to cheese the cap again.
1: Probably. Who gives a fuck, man? You <sighs> y'all could y'all could've voted against it when Tampa Bay originally did it. Y'all didn't. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh yeah, if you're injured, you don't count against the cap. Because you know, you're not really playing if you're an LTIR. You you could have stopped it at the CBA agreement. You could have stopped it. You did it. So this is the this is the life you showed. This is the this is the, the die you've cast. Um
0: yeah. This is your consequences of your actions. Exactly. That's the theme of the last few minutes. That is the theme. Uh, Mark Stone is out with what is reported to be a lacerated spleen, which sounds horrific. Um, I believe it was from Frank Cervalli. Timeline is tough to pin down. We'll see in the playoffs. Mark is pretty much what everyone's suspecting. And yeah, like you said, the NHL had the ability to change this ruling And don't get me wrong, I think it would be very interesting if, you know, a a player like Mark Stone being injured, unless you do, like, what they do in the... Well, I mean, they do it in the NHL, too, but the NFL especially. Unless you were to outright say, this player is shut down for the season. He cannot play again in the regular season or playoffs. Unless that's a thing then they still count against the cap because I think that would make it pretty interesting in regards to how teams would uh, structure themselves. Like a team like Toronto, what the fuck would you do in terms of trying to manage depth? They're already having that problem as it is. Imagine William Nylander goes down and you don't get that cap relief, right? Yeah. I also don't think that NHL or the NHLPA would like that because then it would probably result in players getting less money. So it all kind of makes sense by the end of it that they just they didn't fix it. And again, it's not a a situation that only Vegas or Tampa can take advantage of. That's it's everybody. It's just you got to be if it is nefarious, you just have to be smart about how you're trying to pull that off. And You know, maybe Mark Stone would be good to play in the middle of March. But who's to say? Maybe Gabriel Landeskog could actually physically play hockey right now for the Colorado Avalanche. But is it beneficial for them to get through this trade line? Trade deadline, maybe pick somebody else up, and then you also get your captain back? It's pretty beneficial. That's what professional sports are. It's gamesmanship and trying to bend but not break the rules to your favor. That happens in every goddamn professional sport. That is just a fact. So the NHL is no different, and yeah, I don't view that as a as a as a big issue whatsoever. What I do wonder in regards to what is viewed as an issue or not. From your perspective here, Endo, is is another kind of bigger topic similar to the Razichka thing. Matt Rempe of the New York Rangers might be the most talked about player in the league right now. Despite the fact that he has played in less than 10 NHL games at this point.
1: (laughs) He has like a combined like 10 NHL minutes, dude.
0: By actual ice time
1: in like five (laughs) games. It's nuts.
0: In those five games, he has averaged four minutes of time on ice a game, including one game against New Jersey, where he had one shift and played 13 seconds. So the conversation surrounding Matt Rempe right now is in regards to his consistency in fighting he debuted in the stadium series game that the Rangers played over the last couple of weeks and immediately fought in his first shift against uh, Matt Martin. Then on Saturday, after a a six day break on Saturday, he fought Nick Deloria when they played the Philadelphia Flyers And the next day he fought against Matthew Olivier when they played the Columbus Blue Jackets. He is now at 10 fights on the season between the NHL and the AHL uh, with a total of, again, five NHL games. And in the AHL for the Hartford Wolf Pack, he's played 43 games. So 10 fights over 48 games. Mark Spector put out a tweet, um, quote, Rempe shouldn't be doing this every day. Someone in the Rangers org needs to take better care of this young man. He doesn't always have to say yes to fighting. It'll be a short career if he does. He is kind of bringing back up the conversation surrounding enforcers and an aspect of the game that we haven't seen on, on display like this in a while. Because this used to be commonplace. You get a younger guy, and keep in mind, this dude's only 21 years old. Yep. You get a guy, former sixth-round pick, gets a shot at the NHL level, and is literally fighting for his spot. Scrapping as much as he possibly can for his spot. This used to be just the way things were. Over the last couple of years, it hasn't quite been that. And now we're getting a glimpse of it again. And it's raising the questions over, is that what people want hockey to be again? Because on one hand, there's no denying. It's exciting to see a young kid just kind of show up. Arbor Jack Eye is a great example. It's exciting to see a young kid make the league and just be like, I'm going to go fucking crazy and do everything I can to prove that my team should keep me here. But that, that's a dangerous line to walk. Because. I don't really have another way to phrase it. If we're calling that a tightrope. You can look over each side. And see a trail of bodies. In terms of people who walked the path that Matt Rempe is on right now. And paid the price for it. Um, whether or not it's been the ultimate price or whether or not it's someone like Zenon Kanopka who had a uh, a documentary piece about him in the uh, last couple of years. Um, I believe it was... He was interviewed for Ice Guardians, if I'm not mistaken, which was 2016 already. Um, But within that film, you know, it was showcasing just how beaten down, and broken his body was by his mid-30s. But again, that's a guy who was undrafted and who probably wasn't going to make the NHL otherwise unless you rack up, as he did in the 2010-2011 season, 307 penalty minutes. And I don't, I don't know the answer. Every time we've talked about fighting, I've always said, like, look, I'd be cool if they just said no more fighting. I would be. But also, if there's a really good good scrap like there was between he and Delorier, my monkey brain goes, yay, punch each other. Because I grew up a hockey fan with fighting. I've always said it. Like, I grew up as a fucking Bruins fan. Uh, yeah, I'm very shy from fighting. <laughs> grew up a Bruins fan. I always say. I was indoctrinated on Mike Milbury going into the stands and beating a man with, with the man's his own, own shoe. shoe. Like I, I'm not that soft. Where I'm like, oh, fighting? No. Like yeah, I'll watch the fucking scraps and enjoy them. But there is also that that people side of things, and I don't think you can make the argument that oh, Adam Rzecica, we need to do the best we can to to protect him from his own personal choices off the ice but then say well on the ice hey fuck it it's rempe's choice if he wants to destroy his brain cells let him destroy his brain cells like where is that line between protecting the players versus well it's their own choice so let them do what they want to do and i don't know the answer to that but i just find it interesting those two topics in particular over how some people feel about the Rzichka thing versus others. And then you get the both sides of the coin here for the Rempe thing. Where. What, what is the right answer? And. I'm not sure. In general, what the right answer is here, because there. Again, is that entire history of players being like, the only way I'm going to make it to the NHL is if I fucking destroy my body. More than being a professional athlete already does, right? Like Sidney Crosby is not a fighter, but you know that in a lot of ways, his body is beat to shit because that's just the nature of being one of the top 0.1% of athletes in the world. That's just a part of it. Then you have someone who might be a fucking career enforcer, and it's like, well, Jesus Christ, like, yes, that was your way of making money and the only way you were going to make it in professional hockey. But at the same time, is that what you want the sport to be where it's? Yep, this is this is an avenue for you. Like, it would suck for some of these guys to not get to live their dream and to make their living in this way. But then what is that line of protecting people from themselves? to say yes if we allow this you could make a living this way but we're trying to save you from yourself type of thing and i don't know i don't know it's it's been a topic that's been there for a, a long time i mean the guy in matt rempe's case two points you know scored his first goal um in the most gritty way possible he was screening the goalie using his 6 foot 7 frame <laughs> And it just bounced off eight. of his skate. Six
1: foot eight. Got to get it right.
0: He's listed as six seven on NHL.com, but maybe six eight in skates. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like on one hand, it's like, yeah, I want to root for Matt Rempe to do well, to succeed, and living his dream. But you know. <sighs> It's that conversation of, can a 21-year-old rightfully, even can a 30-year-old rightfully look at the consequences of their actions in that regard and just be like, all right, well, they they made the choice. It's fine. And maybe maybe that is the right answer. Maybe it is. It's just, look, there's enough information out there about CTE and the effects of this. So if you're going to choose to uh go after this and proceed with this well you know the risks so deal with it i don't know i don't know what the answer is the other aspect to that is someone else who was in the news over the past week is a former enforcer matter of fact he is still an enforcer to this day yeah and that is 52-year-old Donald Brashear who was in the news cycle for a fight um and this is one of those things where it's just like okay how how do we how do we feel about this um type of thing now in Brashear's case um there's been a lot of conversation about money mismanagement from his playing career. You know, he was in the NHL from 1993 until 2010, but there was a lot of conversations about money mismanagement and, and what it is. But the fact is you, you know, have one of these guys that walked that line of would he have been an NHL or unless he could fight. Um, And now you see him again at 52 years old getting into fights in the LNAH, uh, which is
1: about that league. And I will say this, that is the like semi-pro league in Quebec. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Semi-pro league in Quebec. That is like a fighter's paradise. Mm -hmm. That league has fights all the time. There is a very famous video Um where there was a legitimate line brawl like mm-hmm. the entire bench all just going at each other and one dude like fought like four guys on the other team or whatever And it was insane Like that league is like if you're a fighter or an enforcer no matter how old you are you're that's that's your that's your haven your 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 place to be kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just flat out.
0: <sighs> like I said, I don't know what the great answer is, but all I know is that it is sad to see Donald Bashir at 52 being like, what's my best way to make a couple hundred bucks a night? 52 years old, get dropped in a fight.
1: Uh, you know? I mean, I, I feel like if you're in that league itself, you know, that it's a fighters league or whatever. That's um, fair too. I, I think he's definitely aware that you know it's what he's what he's for. Um. At the same time, you know, you can tell a guy not to do something. He can go do it. You can't really control him in that kind of sense. So if a guy wants to go out there and you know be an enforcer in a league like that at fifty two, go for it. He he's personally signing up for it. It's not as if teams are throwing him out there on purpose. It's like he wants to go and fight out there. You can go fight out there kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Again, that's the conversation, right? In terms of personal responsibility, the personal choice of what you are going to do versus what is the responsibility of the sport to say in the NHL, especially to be like, okay, we want this to be a thing versus we don't want it to be a thing. Um, what was learned in the aftermath of guys like Derek Bogard, Wade Belock and company passing away very young, and is that, you know, a direction that you're okay with going towards? Or is that something where it's like, you know, Rempe, we we love you, bud, but let's not have this like be the primary way that you're competing in the NHL because it's not going to last. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what the answer is, but it's interesting that this conversation is still kind of going on in regards to what is the NHL going to be and what is the role of enforcers and what's the standard for fighting going to be and all of that moving forward. To end on a a somewhat high note, I also wanted to just uh, validate Red Wings fans really quickly. Um, Detroit currently in a playoff spot and a big part of the reason as to why they are is Patrick Kane, who scored the overtime winner for the Red Wings over Chicago in Chicago over the weekend. Uh, Kane is now at 28 points in 27 games played. Um, There were a lot of questions about, is this guy cooked and the end of last season? Yeah, it wasn't looking very pretty. Has off season surgery, signs middle of the season with Detroit, and it was going to go one of two ways. It was either going to be like, yep, yeah, no, you're you're pretty much done," or it was going to be, "Oh shit, he, he's back, and the surgery worked and helps him kind of turn back the clock and get things back under control." And uh, yeah, it's it's the latter, and Patrick Kane is looking as good as he's looked in a very, very long time. Um, even from a an analytical standpoint, not just from a point production standpoint, because someone like him, even if you know, you look like like mere Yager, you know, when he was playing for like the Florida Panthers and stuff like that, it's like he didn't quite have the speed, but he still had the hands and the the positioning know how to still succeed somewhat. So Patrick Kane was never going to turn into fourth-line scrub. But there was that question of like, okay, can he still be Patrick Kane? The answer after that surgery is yes. So Red Wings fans, enjoy enjoy the run. Enjoy the ride. Um, and even Hawks fans get to be happy because it means they didn't get an extra point. They only got the one point. And uh, they are currently bottom of the league right now and will end up with Macklin Celebrini at the end of this year probably as well. So.
1: That yeah, game was did. weird, because like, there are uh, several reasons why they sh- they were cheering. One, they were close to the Two, Patrick Kane scored. And right. three, he scored the overtime winner. Like, that was... If there was a script writer out there, that is the perfect script. Because hmm. everyone loves seeing everything scripted nowadays for sports. I, that That started... Like, after the pandemic, where everyone's like, oh, script writing, Mickey Mouse championships or whatever. Taylor Swift
0: ruining football.
1: Yeah, you know, oh, they're going to propose and all that. Like, they've been dating for like six months. I know celebrities move quick, but like, Jesus Christ.
0: Oh, God, that was fun. though. That was a fun time. Remember when Taylor Swift ruined football? By having a combined
1: out, not even an hour. Have, I have, by I, bleh, by having a combined less than one minute of screen time throughout yep. the entire game and she had maybe like 45 seconds during like the, the celebrations. Right.
0: Ruined football. Terrible person. <laughs> With that, everybody. We're going to wind things down for this week. I want to give Endo a ton of props and a ton of credit as a man who on half an hour's notice said, yeah, we can record. I just woke up, but I'll make it work. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we made it. We did it. We made it.
1: Yeah, my food's supposed to be here in like. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. They're They're on a bike, but they're definitely walking. That's <laughs> fucking annoying. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Um, sorry, I I I'm supposed to get uh, two salads, two salad, and they said they're on a bike, but they're definitely walking because it doesn't take that long to walk from essentially my parents' place to my place.
0: Lying bastards.
1: Yeah, it's even worse when they say, oh, I'm in a car, and then they're walking, and you're like, my food is now cold. Like if this was a if this was a soup, this would not be a soup. This would be a fucking like smoothie.
0: Okay. And uh, what do you have going on in terms of the content creation sphere?
1: Streaming be a pro. Uh, I'm gonna go find my bro, my my bro pro, uh, my GoPro for um, this week because we start playoffs for our hockey team, and I kind of want to win a championship, and I kind of want to record it. Because I haven't won a winter season championship, and if you win the winter season, you get to play. You play facilities, and then if you win facilities, uh, you play nationals. So then all the AHL, a- ASHL teams, um, you know they can, they get an invite to go play at the national tournament, where you play teams all across Canada, and then you get. You win the championship, you get some money, and you are the top team in Canada. And we play top. We play the top. We play in the highest division that they offer, um, at least at our arena. So it's kind of like a, it's it's like it's C hockey, but it's like nowhere near C hockey because we have a whole bunch of former like BCHL players. Junior college, like D1, D3 kind of thing. So it's 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 a deceptive C-level hockey.
0: Neat. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I <laughs> hope I can get the GoPro out to record that. Use uh, one of my headphones as a microphone so I can have me mic'd up. It'll be probably shitty quality, but hey, it's better than nothing.
0: It's better than uh, crash injuries in an airport.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he's going to hide down in the bathroom Just kind of like record the podcast He's, he's <laughs> pissing next to a dude And he's like why are you talking about Ric Flair <laughs> You
0: boys talking wrestling?" <laughs> 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 I'll be uh, On the NCAA football streets For a couple of days before heading head into The streets of Greensboro North Cackalacky And then I'll be Carolina. back for a few days To talk hockey on a podcast and stream and then i'm going to boston and then finally i'll settle down in the middle of end of end of march hopefully
1: what's happening in boston
0: big business
1: oh yeah the business
0: aew big Business. new um what pisses me off is they announced another show in like early april in worcester massachusetts it's like that's too close it's just like less than a month apart. I can't. I can't do it. My friends are like, ah, it's too much, and I'm like, I agree, it's too much. Yeah, so I'm not going to that. That'll be the first show somewhat close to me where I'm like, I can't. I can't make it. I can't do unless it. you get a big dono from
1: a chat member and you're like, <laughs> oh, I'm going. I'm going. Yeah. No,
0: it's it's not. It's not a money thing. I could go financially, okay. no problem. It's um, it's just a, a logistics thing of like, oh god, middle of the week and. It's like a double, like dynamite and collision taping. Because oh, it's one of those.
1: Like,
0: yeah, Toronto like is the-
1: supposed to have one of those too. Um, the next one they're having at Coca Cola Coliseum is like a rampage dynamite collision. Like it's literally like twelve, ou- like seven hours of wrestling. Twelve hours? No, it's like oh, those are open at seven. It's like eight, nine, ten, eleven, like eleven thirty. You're getting out of that building. Yeah.
0: So I'm like I, I I just I can't I can't do it I can't do it. But it's okay. I will I will live. There yeah. there was bound to eventually be an AEW show in the state of Massachusetts that I couldn't make, either living or dead. It was just statistically going to happen. Happy birthday, America! We'll see you next time, everybody. And uh, make sure to to join the petition for the Short Kings uh, NHL documentary.